1: mother folklore. a podcast words irish irish words
0: and words from ireland
1: these are the votes from the finnish jury
0: hello ireland can you hear me we can hear
2: you hello helsinki. finland helsinki. it's not helsinki
1: but hello guys <laughs> what what <laughs> what are the what are the votes of the helsinki or the, the finnish jury
2: uh, the Finnish jury have voted 12 points, dues point for Ireland. No not.
1: <laughs> Chance would be a fine because thing.
2: Because A, Ireland never gets to the final and B, Finland never gets to the final. So <laughs> Except that one time, 2004, I think, with Lordi. Do you guys remember Lordi? I remember, remember Lordy. Mask? Yeah, great song, great song. There is a statue dedicated to them in Rovaniemi in uh, Lapland in Finland, where they're from. And I've seen it and it's pretty sweet.
0: That is really cool. Imagine if we had, yeah. like, a statue of Johnny Logan. We
1: should.
2: Listen, we should have a statue of Johnny Logan. We should. We should have two. <laughs> like, so there's a statue of Joe Dolan in Athlone. Mm-hmm. And Joe Dolan, as far as I know, didn't win no Eurovisions. Johnny Logan has won us two and also three because he wrote that Lindbergh song.
1: I hate to middle and explain you, Garagine, but I think the statue of Joe Dolan is in Mongar.
2: Oh, it's all the same, isn't it? It's <laughs>
1: yeah. the <Probably>. one,
0: like,
2: <laughs> what is the difference?
0: Anyway, so, so anyway, back to our very long intro. This might be the yes. longest intro across our two seasons, is but it's mis- Misha, Eamir Duffy.
1: And it's Misha, And it's Misha,
0: McEvoy.
1: And you're very welcome to today's European, or this today's episode is a slightly European slant. Specifically, our beloved co-host, Gauradine, is currently in Finland. Hello. But And in, in Finland, obviously, is where Finnish is spoken, but also where, as a minority language, Swedish is spoken by the Swedish-speaking Finnish community.
2: Exactly. And I'm actually calling uh, today from Borovo or Borogo as it's called in Swedish, which is, um, there's about a 30% population Swedish speakers here, which is pretty high for like a larger city um, in Finland. And uh, I bought coffee and a Finished cinnamon bun this morning in Swedish and I was so happy with myself. So yeah, it's a pretty Swedish-speaking town as as Swedish-speaking towns go in Finland.
1: So how did this all come about? How did a bunch of Finns end up speaking Swedish?
2: <laughs> Let me take you back to the 17th century. No, um, <laughs> so uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Finland uh, up until uh, 1917 uh, was, um, you know, not independent. So uh, in 1917, uh, in, uh, Finland uh, gained independence uh, from Russia. But prior to that, it was part of a Swedish, uh, I guess, empire. Um, and it was owned by what is now Sweden, so the Swedish monarchy. Um, and in that time, a minority of people, from kind of Sweden, uh, the move to Finland, but also the language of like, um, administration was very largely Swedish, um, at that time. So, uh, while the majority of people in Finland spoke Finnish because fin- Finnish is an insane language, uh, nothing like Swedish. So it's not like a crossover that you could do quite easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, the language of administration was largely, uh, Swedish, um, and, uh, up. Up to now, then, there has been, uh, uh, during independence, there was a a large movement of Swedish-speaking Finns involved in independence. Mannerheim, who's a a Finnish war hero, um, was a Swedish-speaking Finn uh, very much involved in Finnish independence, and and thereafter... um, and yeah, so Swedish-speaking Finns are very much part of of Finnish culture. It's a co-official language. Um, very often, people who don't know will confuse a Swedish-speaking Finn with a Swede who lives in Finland, or call them Finnish Swedes. They're not very keen on that. They're very much Finns, um, mm-hmm. and they use the the uh, what they would call it here. What in some countries you call the soccer debate. What in Finland you call the. Ice hockey debate. So when Finland and Sweden are playing Swedish-speaking Finns, shout for Finland, always. <laughs> I see. Um, so they're very much Finns, uh, very proud of their Finnish heritage, but also very proud of their Swedish-speaking Finn heritage, which has a, a long and storied history um, in Finnish
0: history. I'm seeing a lot of similarities here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, 1917 independence, two languages yeah, exactly. in the country, language of administration, <laughs> sports rivalry. It's really
2: interesting because... I suppose in the Finnish context, uh, and I, I use this term very lightly, that Swedish is like the invading language with inverted commas. That's not really how it's seen largely. But it, it's it's the non, I suppose, native language t- to Finland. But it's not seen in the same way that, say, English would be in Ireland. So Swedish is the minority language, um, whereas, you know, for us it's it's Irish. Um, but uh, it's very much, there's there's not very... In terms of, of, say, conflict between the two uh, nations, while there is a, a rivalry, a kind of friendly rivalry between Finland and Sweden, um, there's not the same level of, of say, rivalry to put it politely that one might see between Ireland and uh, our nearest neighbours.
1: And I was just um, thinking recently, yeah, uh, uh, the way in, um, in around 1830s and 1820s, there would have been more Irish speakers in the world than Swedish speakers. Yeah. And then there was a, there was a. a, a a cul- a culinary uh culinary disaster. The <laughs> <laughs> the fussy eaters suddenly put their foot down with too much, and next thing you know, but it's um so a lot of the the arguments people would say about Irish and kind of how it's you occasionally you hear people say that Ireland was done a favour by being given by having English kind of a mm. um presented to us oh and
0: definitely yeah we're really like we're really grateful for that one <laughs> um, i it, don't know how we're going to repay them for you know
1: yeah the it's, benefits they have bestowed upon our country and it's so i mean whereas you think this was the the scandinavian countries would have have english as a very widely spoken second or third language and yeah. they all seem to be doing pretty fine
2: yeah, they do. Um, and a part of that, I suppose, is the, the interconnected nature of of Scandinavian languages, with, of course, the exception of Finnish, um, uh, which is a Nordic language, not a Scandinavian language. Um, but mm. uh, so the Scandinavian languages um, would be uh, Swedish, Norwegian and uh, Danish. Uh, and they're super similar. Um, so if you, for example, if I was reading... Uh, so I speak a relatively decent Swedish. If I was reading something in Norwegian, I could probably get the general gist of it because the the um, language is very similar. Similarly, um, if you're from the southern part of Sweden and you speak Skåne, uh, you might very easily understand uh, Danish, even sometimes better than, than Swedish from, from other parts of Sweden. So it's very interconnected in one sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, because all of the languages and the populations of these countries are quite large, these languages aren't really threatened by um, that much so most people at least in Finland most people I know are if not bilingual to a level where communication is not a problem um so usually people can speak Finnish and English uh like almost almost perfectly um Sometimes it can be very actually hard to even notice that a person uh, who lives here isn't a native English speaker because they have like flawless American accents. Mm-hmm. Um, for Swedish-speaking Finns, they will be usually um, largely trilingual or uh, multilingual um, because you know picking up other languages isn't isn't very difficult, and um, there isn't much of a. A problem with say maintaining languages. So while media is, you know, they have their own, you know, TV channels and stuff. They've, you know, their own pretty good uh, dramas and things. Um, they get dramas from other countries. Um, I'm sure most of our listeners have probably, if not watched uh, some sort of noir uh, Scandinavian crime drama, at least they've heard about them. Mm-hmm. But also, they have a lot of English media too. So people are are largely really, really fluent in English um, and other any other language, what it is. Um, so, for example, when I fly SAS. Um, they uh do they do the security announcement you know the you know this is how you put your your face mask on when it comes down there's low oxygen pressure whatever they do that in english and then they say a summary will be followed in the scandinavian language which isn't a language but they use sort of a uh, common words in each language oh. so that everybody can understand which is like really fascinating for me um but that's so they don't pick a cunning They don't pick a connot, they have their own. They use
0: the kaidon. They use (laughs) the
2: kaidon, exactly. Which is another really interesting um, avenue because um, when you talk about languages, it's very actually hard to define what a language is versus a dialect. So um, while Swedish is defined as its own language, it's so similar to Norwegian that it could be argued that Swedish and Norwegians are a Norwegian is dialect is a dialect of one language, say a Scandinavian language, but that's not its, how it's how it's seen. Um, I read a really good piece at a conference one that said a language is a dialect with an army, and that's how you decide what a language is and what's a dialect. But for some people, dialects are you know some, sometimes in some languages, dialects are completely incomprehensible to each other, but sometimes languages are completely comprehensible to each other and I would include in that like say German is really similar to Swedish apparently I don't know I don't speak German.
1: This is That's that's really interesting because I remember I was at, yeah. a, I was at a wedding in Germany it was in Bavaria and they were very kind of they were very proud of their local I guess their Bavarian kind of ancient there was an, an Austrian at the, at the table and they were effectively saying that he was like um, his German was gibberish to them and then when they spoke to him they found it easier <laughs> to speak to him in English.
2: Yeah exactly and that's that's often the case with with some languages that if you have a different dialect you know it's easier to speak to communicate in a third language because your dialects are so foreign to each other um Whereas, like I said, for, for SAS, they use this thing called the Scandinavian language. And I mean, I've never had a situation on, a, on an SAS plane, thank touch wood, <laughs> yeah, touchwood. those those services have been needed to be used. But everybody seemed to be nodding along and pretending that they understood what was happening.
0: So, yeah, it's really interesting. That's really cool. Actually, one thing that you touched on there, you said that um, when they speak English, they have, like, you wouldn't realize that English would be like, uh, let's say, a second or a third language uh-huh. these Finnish people. But then you said they have like these flawless American accents. Yeah. Is that maybe a thing like we see in Ireland where it was like almost a Sesame Street effect where like kids were growing (laughs) up watching like American TV? Like, do they call the last letter in the alphabet Z or Z? Um, oh my God. (laughs) Have you ever had anybody? I have no
2: idea. see they call, now they call a H an H and somebody corrected me once. Because I was explaining hurling to them and I was like, oh, the like the goalposts are shaped like a H. And this person, who <gasps> shall remain nameless, who is a Swedish-speaking Finn, his first language, not English, my first language, English, he was like, uh, it's an H. And I was like, bro, <laughs> get out.
1: It's clearly um, Lasse. I,
0: I was, I was going to was say, lossy. <laughs> okay, okay. Relationship <laughs> is still no, was, going strong, yeah. touch wood. <laughs>
2: But he does call them herbs instead of herbs. And I have yet to beat that out of him. So I'll get there eventually. But (laughs) that that annoys me a little bit. But um, I think it it might be, I've heard that there's like a Peppa Pig effect in like Australia and the UK or the US as well, that all of these little kids have British accents because they're watching Peppa Pig or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, I think a lot of it would be that, that they're learning kind of how to pronounce words in an American way so um, I also know somebody here who's married to an Englishman and she has a flawless English ma- English accent but otherwise it's usually an American or American-esque accent. Um, I think I see it much more with Swedish-speaking Finns because I think the sounds in Swedish are much more similar to English and it's very common like if you take for example Alexander Skorsgaard who is that really hot actor from Sweden. Um, He has like a flawless American accent. Um, So it's very common for Swedish speakers to have the American accents. I think usually with a Finnish speaking Finn, they would have more of like a standard Finnish-esque accent. Um, But yeah, it is something I guess that comes from... The similarities between Swedish pronunciation and maybe English. And then also the fact that like they don't dub media here unless it's for kids. If um, So it's like a matinee of a movie or it's on during the daytime for like ch- children's television. Everything is subtitled and not dubbed. Uh, so they get, have access largely to American uh media. So maybe that's where it's coming from.
0: Anytime anybody says, you know, like a TV or film or whatever has been dubbed. All I can think of is, you know, when they play Harry Potter on Carr. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd just be really badly dubbed into Irish.
2: <laughs> but like dubbing is really hard. Like it's it's impossible to get like you can't get the shapes properly. So I don't again, I yeah. don't really uh they, like I said, they don't dub anything here. So like I don't have to sit through like um finished content usually. Although I did last Sunday I did try to watch the Bratz movie that was on T V before I realised that it was uh in and I was horrified. And then I was like, "Yeah, because this movie's for children."
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now, when I think of dubbing, I always think of the kind of the um, the early Jackie Chan films. When, um, oh, yeah, uh, especially the ones when it's they've they've been dubbed, and his characters are usually just called Jackie Chan in them <laughs> in the like police story and things like that. And then like when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is shown on TV, and it's, that's one of my favorite films. But when it's shown on TV, it's usually dubbed as opposed to the subtitle version. The dubbing does take some of the the magic out of it. When yeah, you see, yeah, kind of. it's yeah.
0: difficult to watch something that's been dubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we used to live in Spain, you'd be thrown on, like you're like, "Oh, The Simpsons," are on whatever. We'll throw it on for twenty minutes, half an hour. Next thing, the whole thing is dubbed in Spanish, and like none of the voice actors match up remotely with any of the characters, and it's just, yeah. it's a struggle to kind of sit through.
1: And also, the songs aren't dubbed, which make which is really chaotic because you're watching The Simpsons in, and it's been dubbed in another language. But then when 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 the monorail song comes on, it's in English. <laughs>
2: But sometimes they do, though, because my one of my, like, best friends is a, a Finnish-speaking Finn, and I remember watching, like, The Lion King or something with her, and she was like, I, she'd never heard Hakuna Matata in English, and she was like, what the hell is this? Like, so when they watch those Disney kid movies, like, they're all dubbed, so, like, I remember watching... a. A video of oh yeah, so it's the guys who do the voices for the Animaniacs because they're rebooting the Animaniacs. And I was watching it with my boyfriend. Yeah, I'm so excited.
0: Oh my god, okay. So
2: I was watching it with my boyfriend and I on one of them switched to the wacko voice, and I was like, oh my god, it's wacko. And he was (laughs) like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because he had watched Animaniacs as a kid, but it was all dubbed, like obviously because they dubbed children's media. So he was like, I mean, it sounds weird, but like I don't know what wacko sounds like in English. And I was like, What? This is insane. (laughs)
0: Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale
1: The Irish are a nation of storytellers and Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast is having its very first live show at Bellobar on August 22nd The Fireside session's beginnings will be an evening of folklore, mythology some true tales and even a few tunes Sure it wouldn't really be a session without them now, would it? Join me, your host Kevin C. Olihan, and some very special guests of storytellers and musicians for an intimate and entertaining evening of what the Irish do best. No, not that. Although we do hope there'll be a few of them too. August twenty-second,
0: Bellow Bar, Dublin. Tickets on Eventbrite.ie forward slash The Fireside Sessions Beginnings.
1: Follow us on Instagram at Fireside Bard, and we'll see you all round the fireside. Yee-haw. Coming back to our Eurovision thought, the um, Ireland's phase of Eurovision victories went from about 1970 to, ni- to 1994, which is about 24 years. We're actually 25 years away from our last win now. We've, um, we're further away from the, from like, we, we used to think that this is just something we had in charge, but now we realize the Irish kind of the Pax in Eurovision was a, was a little blip in the history. And but since then, the the country that's most likely to overtake us in our most wins ever is going to be Sweden. It's I think Sweden are just one behind us now.
2: Yep, they've got six, we've got seven. Oh, it kills me.
1: <laughs> and this it seems the the Swedish overtaking your vision has kind of broadly corresponded with the end of kind of um Irish cultural dominance in the nineties. The amount of um like a successful novelists, comedians, uh, um, films, uh, Oscar nominations, uh, Booker Prize winnings that's that's yeah. kind of phased that's kind of dropped down the same way that swedish popular culture cultural dominance has really risen yeah and exactly. the main person obviously stieg larsson was a huge part of that and but the other person is obviously max martin
2: yeah exactly so for anyone who doesn't know max martin is like any pop song that you've danced to probably in the last like 20 years max martin probably wrote that like or had some hand in writing it so he's this like swedish mogul who like writes music and uh is like Uh, anything he touches turns into a number one hit like but also like any kind of sweet or any pop star that maybe you've been listening to in the last like maybe at least 15 years or so has probably been Swedish or or written music in Swedish so take for example Zara Larsson she's Swedish I think Licky Lee is Swedish possibly Mm. but like yeah they've got like they've got the 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 handle on like popular culture particularly when it comes to music right now
1: and this is because I remember when there was some footage of, there was a Swedish royal family wedding and I saw it a couple of years back and I remember seeing it and watching a television and there was a camera which Swedish prince it was and they were they were all looking very well. But then I saw when they were walking at the aisle, the, a lad started singing Umbrella by the Rihanna song Umbrella in, in <laughs> Swedish and I thought that's a mad choice. But then I realized, oh yes, well Max Martin has obviously wrote that and it was a guest at the wedding and he's probably kind of coordinating this. I'm on his
0: uh, Wikipedia page here, and I am learning some things. I am getting educated, girl. So, right, I'm telling you. according to Wikipedia. Oh. Okay, not really a reliable source, but we'll say no more. Hey, do not let like, like
2: our good friend Claire Murray hear you say that. Like I'm she very has a lot of things
0: to say. I'm pro Wikipedia, but mm-hmm. you know you can't really be like, well, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> um, so. I want to just start. gonna start reading this here. Um, he rose to prominence in the second half of the 1990s after making a string of major hits, right? Such as Britney Spears' "Baby One More Time." Yeah, yeah
2: that was his like wow. first major hit, like. And there's a really good. Both Derek and I have nerded over this like podcast episode by. Isn't it Hit Parade? Isn't that yes, the name, the podcast?
1: Hit, hit Parade by Chris Malanfi. It's my favorite podcast, and it's basically a kind of a combination of ner- nerdy nerding out about pop music and nerding out about statistics because he's a, it's a history of the pop charts and what the the moves in the pop charts represent yeah but the a huge thing was um because max martin was a, a second or third language english was was low down on the, on the languages he speaks which is a, a credit to him <laughs> but he thought that like hit me meant like hit me up as in hit me up give me a call so the phrase, well, that is why the song is called Baby One More Time, because I said, it's one thing to sing the words hit me, but to actually write the words hit me down are different. Uh.
2: Yeah, and I think it was TLC maybe that were initially offered the song and they were like, no, because it condones um, domestic violence, because that was how they interpret it. And I mean, I don't know if they're that they gave up on it now, but yeah, it's really I'd interesting. So. Yeah, and if you look at, say say the song lyrics of like ABBA songs who are obviously famously Swedish. Um, Mm. And like some of them are a little weird, like some of them are a little strange, but then again, I mean, I don't know if this is a if this is a, a chicken egg situation that either pop song lyrics are weird or they're weird because they're all written by Max Martin and therefore his first language <laughs> is in English. So I don't know which is which, which one comes first. But um, mm-hmm. I think it's just, yeah, usually they're just, they're absolute belters and you don't really pay too much attention to what the words are, English
0: or... Apparently, he is the songwriter with the third most number one singles on the chart behind only Paul McCartney. And John Lennon.
1: There you oh have man, it. Oh man,
2: that's insane! And they're on the go longer than he is. Like, yeah, you know, because well, not John
0: Lennon,
1: like, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he
0: has co-written twenty-two Billboard Hot One Hundred number one hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Paul McCartney has thirty-two, and John Lennon has twenty-six. In addition, he has had the second most hot number one singles as a producer, 20, behind George Martin, who had achieved 23 by the time of his death. Presumably
2: not the same guy who writes the Game of Thrones. That's George no. Martin, is it? I don't
1: know. That's, I don't, it, George I don't. Martin was the Beatles producer. Yeah. And okay. so I think they often call it the fifth Beetle, but the, the one of the things Max Martin has made, uh, he he's, he's studied music in in intrinsic detail, but two things he commented on, which I guess come come down to it, uh, the gradually enter the Irish language debate is he said that lyrics aren't that important. They're not as important as a bang and bang and tune.
0: Yeah, they're really and, not.
1: And secondly and so the, in a way that like almost trying to get the lyrics right is almost a distraction from getting the bang and tune right. And then,
0: like if you're four Valkyrie bulls deep, like you're not dancing to the lyrics.
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah but, but the whole put your hands on me in my skin tight jeans for your teenage dream tonight doesn't mean anything but you don't care about that when you're bopping
2: yeah exactly I've never felt like a G6 but I have bopped to that song <laughs> I
0: have no
1: yeah. idea
2: what that is
0: <laughs> I mean personally neither have mm. I felt like a plastic bag <laughs> through exactly. the wind, but you know, still bopping. You got to do what
1: you got to do. And the other thing he said was that he owes all his success to the um, the Stockholm public education system, which gave every kid um, a good grounding in music music theory and gave and access to musical instruments. Hmm. Yeah. The idea was like he. I, mean, I don't think he went to university to go to uh, to to study music there, but he got he got all his he got his musical training from public schools in Stockholm and this is a thing that people, you know when people go on to the way it's taught and things like that the i guess the you know music education is something that's really important i was lucky that i did a bit music up to um juniors sort of level i think um but in terms of being able to read music and things like that and but that's those these are things that while a lot of uh, pop singers didn't, can't do them the producers all can the super songwriter producers absolutely do have a total um nerd out on on musical theory musical uh notation um Identify pitch and things.
2: Yeah, and I'm actually going to go full Finn on this now and say that um, Sweden's great, but Finland's better. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> the, the So the education system in the Nordics generally is like amazing, um, but it's best in Finland, just saying. So the best place to get educated in the world is Finland, and we, s- says I, we <laughs> we have the best education system here, but like it's pretty good in Sweden too. So they have this really weird thing in I mean, it goes, it's, it's again, it's this, the way it's taught, um, a debate, but the way it's taught anything, anything you want it to be taught the way it's taught in Scandinavia and the Nordics, that's the way you want it to be taught. So they, they have this amazing education system, which like, as I said, like it, it renders people like fluent. And I, I've talked before about that, the, the you know, the dichotomy of fluency and how I hate it. But for example, this morning I went and I bought a secondhand bike um, from a person who... Uh, I had been texting with her, my boyfriend texted her in Swedish, or in, sorry, in Finnish to like arrange it, but then he wasn't here today. So I had to text her this morning and be like, hey, I hope it's okay that we speak English. Yeah. Um, so I rocked up and she had brought a friend with her and she was like, this is my friend who speaks English a little better than I do. But then we had a full on 15 minute conversation about a bike. Like she was like fluent in bike terminology. Yeah. <laughs> so... And this is all down to the the amazing... As I said, there's obviously loads of English media, but, like, they have an amazing education system here. Like, they don't have... It's insane. They don't have curriculums, which blows my mind. Um, they don't have... Like, my boyfriend, for example, he would say that he never did more than about half an hour of homework a night. But everybody here has master's degree because they're all free. And, like, you can do... So when I did my master's here, you can do, like... You can do so. There's no such thing as a time pressure in an exam. So an exam might have four questions, and the exam could be four or five hours long. So you have as much time as you need. Um, and then you can also do the exam again multiple times. So, like if I do the exam once, sometimes people will go just to get the exam paper and then leave. Sometimes people would do it once, they weren't happy with the grade, they'll do it again. You can do it like five, six times and they'll only give you the highest grade that you got. Like it's insane how flexible they are about things. Like it's just, it just then breeds to people having, like you said, a really good grasp of things that like they do things like all of the lads who say that we should learn coding would love uh, Finland because they, you know, some kids learn coding and stuff in school. <laughs> like some mm. of them learn Mandarin, some of them learn Russian. They all learn Swedish as a compulsory uh, subject, which is sometimes debated, not very well. Mm. But uh, it's, it's fascinating how, just how accessible education is here. Like there's no, pr- they, they kind of understand the fact that people have lives and sometimes lives get in the way of education. So they make it so that, Your education is like, you know, it's available to everybody. Like the sweetest thing ever. Last summer I was here, I was working from the Helsinki City Library a lot. And I used to see this old man come in every day and he would just read books because the libraries, even the university libraries are available to everybody. So this old man was just like educating himself and he was so cute. He would like shuffle into the library and sit down and just read a bunch of books. And I loved him. I saw him every day and I just thought he was the cutest thing because he was just learning, having a great time
1: so cute that's adorable I know so why why is it so good I mean, is, is it because they, they pay teachers well is it just is it the actual philo- <laughs> philosophical attitude to homework is it um, is it something that, that that kicks in at primary level is, is it because I mean like Finland has a very similar population to Ireland and Helsinki mm-hmm. has a similar population to Dublin yeah. and we kind of both came to arrived at state at similar top points in history Um and i mean, i know obviously they they entered the recession the recession hit them in a bad way around the same time that the recession hit us but obviously the big thing was yeah. that in addition to the the global recession issues Nokia basically got kicked in the nuts by the iPhone very hard and they, <laughs> they they went from being kind of the like they went from having kind of um utter domination of the mobile phone market to being like yeah like utterly kicked in the nuts so and like what do you think is the root of the the Finnish? um the Finnish education system?
2: Um, I think it's probably multifaceted. Um, so they're very keen, they're very proactive in terms of things like, for example, um I don't know, if there's a problem, they fix it. So, for example, there was a problem in the, I think it was the 50s, where people were dying of, like, heart disease. People were really unhealthy. So, the government overhauled the way that they uh, provided meals. So, theoretically, in Finland, depending on your job, you can get fed by the state from the time that you're two to the time you die. So, you can get a subsidized state lunch. Um, so, for example, if I'm a student, I have a little card and I get a lunch for two sixty, and that lunch will include, like, all of my nutrients that are provided. And that's been the way, so that it would encourage people to be healthy. And I think I saw an ad on the radio or on the TV recently that said that they were like the second most active nation behind Uganda or something weird like that. But they're really, they're really proactive. Like if there's a problem, let's fix it. So, um that's kind of how they approach education and they've always always approach education that way that they have really high taxes so teachers are paid really well but also the attitude towards teaching is and this is no diss to any teacher in any country but teaching is considered very much a vocation here so it's not easy to become a teacher it's actually incredibly difficult it's probably one of the hardest courses to get accepted to so every teacher wants desperately to be a teacher and has always wanted to do that so they take it really seriously um and then each teacher has, you know, they've got a degree in pedagogy, you know, they, they fully understand um, sort of learning methods, not saying that other teachers in other countries don't like, but they, it's treated in such a way that it's it's almost sacred. Um, and it's super weird because kids don't start school here till seven, um, like primary school, would we'll say. They go to kindergarten and stuff, but they don't start till they're seven, which is weird for me because it's really late. I'm like, what are you doing until you're seven, you know? Mm. <laughs> they And they don't, like I said, they don't have a curriculum. They have a lot of outdoor time, but when they're outdoors, they're learning stuff. So if you had like a science class, maybe you might go outside and you might talk about trees or something with kids or, you know, you learn in a very active way. So they have a much more kind of proactive way to to education. And like I said, because they're not constrained by curriculum, you know, there still is matriculation exams that people have to do, but how you get there is different. And then education isn't treated, so higher level education isn't really treated with the same prestige that might be seen in other countries, um, Ireland in particular. So the fact that third level education is available to everybody makes it less sort of grandiose so that it doesn't really matter if you don't go. There's other education avenues, you know, you can go to like a... Uh, vocational school and learn a trade. If you were going to be a nurse, you would go to one of those schools and learn a practical skill. Um, so it's much more, because everybody has an education, it's not deemed in this sort of like sacred, well, not that it's not sacred. People do consider it, you know, important, but it's, everybody can have it, you know. The amount of people who go back to education, it can be really easy. Um, older people getting a, a degree is not a, not a weird thing. Um, you know, there's uh, mature students kind of don't exist because everybody has their own story.
1: And tell me this, did the Finnish government put the Department of Education slap bang in front of a massive Catholic cathedral the way we did in Ireland?
2: Um, I'd say probably not, (laughs) to be honest. People always think it's super weird when I tell them here. They think I'm the weirdest thing that I went to a Catholic school. They're like, "What? <laughs> like, tell me more about your weird life."
1: <laughs> it's it's funny because and that in other countries, I suppose. On one level, Catholic schools generally do have a reputation for strictness and for mm. and, and Catholic universities, especially universities in America, are very well regarded. But right. I'm, I'm guessing that there's probably some church-state separation in Finland.
2: There'd be a fair bit of that right
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Just a fair bit.
2: It's funny, though, because they have this thing, this separation of church. They very much do. It's a very secular state. Um, So what you do with your religion is your own business. In saying that, they have a bunch of days off during the year so they're called flag days here and they're the days when they fly the Finnish flag mm-hmm. and they have like a day off and I'm like what the hell is this random Tuesday off for because I don't nobody tells me about this and I go to like go to the shop or something and it's closed yeah. and I'm like why is it closed and they're like oh it's I don't know the Annunciation or something like that and I'm like you people aren't religious you just love a day off and that's effectively it they just love a good day off and they're like yeah it's yeah. some sort of religious holiday let's give it a day
0: off I mean that's relatable <laughs> we all love
2: yeah, a day off yeah right I'd be, uh, I'd be on with that like, I feel like we used to get the eighth of December off. I feel like that was a day
1: off, and I was uh, it used to be. That, yeah. That's a Colshire thing. Like, know, yeah, <laughs> well, it's Colshire shopping them. days. Oh, it just went up to Henry Street we
2: just
1: and Cleary's. <laughs> and, Cleary, yeah. and and uh, I remember that it was just like this massive onslaught, and, and obviously people would have have, have you know, um people would come from the country, they'd have the crack, they'd all see each other, they do the Christmas shopping, and it'd be. It was, I think the actual late late toy show was scheduled around it.
0: Oh my god, I love that! <laughs> so I accidentally organized. The work Christmas party last year for the same night as the toy show.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, lovely, yeah, like, yeah. come on, sorry, not going to that. I was Absolutely like, not. yikes, how did I manage that one? I was, I was a bit upset over it, I will say, but it's not mm. the same when you watch it on repeat on Sunday.
1: No, no, no. Oh,
2: as somebody who's had to watch it as on on The Player for the last couple of years, because it's on, I, I've been in Finland for it, so it is it is the same, okay? And I've actually got yeah. a few Finnish friends into it. They, they think that it's adorable, and I'm like, it oh my God, is, unreal. get ready to cry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do they not have...
2: That's what they're doing now.
1: <laughs> Do they not have a toy show in, in, in Finland?
2: No, they don't, and I have heard a couple of people say, "Oh, we should do that here." But I just feel like, fins are if anyone's ever met a fin, they're very dry, and I'm not going to say no crack because the air crack, but like you got to break the crack out of them. So yeah. I feel like <laughs> they might, they might, they might not be able to warm to it in the same way. I feel like they, their big thing on the sixth of this, uh, December, which is um, Finnish Independence Day, they all sit around and watch. Um, minor Finnish celebrities shaking hands with the president as they all go to a big banquet, but you don't get to see the banquet. You just get to see them all rock up and shake hands with the president. Ah. And I've sat and watched it and I'm like, what is this? Like? <laughs> Although I did one year, I did see the creators of Angry Birds, which is a Finnish uh, app. Um, is Angry they, Birds Finnish? Like, it yeah. is Finnish girl, yeah. Um, so they, the creator or the creator's partner is somebody rocked up wearing like a big red dress that had like Angry Birds all over it. It was deadly. Like otherwise I didn't care much for it. <laughs> yeah. But that's the funny thing about Finland. Like if something is Irish, you know about it. You know Guinness is Irish because we tell mm-hmm. you. If something is Finnish, they're too shy to tell you. So you're like, you just assume that it's not finished. Like you would just assume that Angry Birds wasn't finished, but there it is. The, Nobody knows. They need to market themselves better. They need a, a, a tip from Fort to Ireland, who in this, fairness are pretty damn good.
1: But this is also a difference between the Swedes and the Finns and that. One of the they actually yeah. in terms of the kind of of smaller languages, the um Swedish brands have actually made a very big point of using kind of uh, Swedish words. i don't think obviously of Ikea using Swedish names and kind of uh, because people associate kind of um it with prosperity with associate Sweden with prosperity and things being done correctly the idea they can get some um some some pretty uh like uh bog standard furniture slap a kind of a funny name a swedish name on it people think well that's people find it reassuringly uh reassuringly teutonic
2: yeah exactly and i think that's the pro i think Finns are just overall really really shy so they're too shy to say that that's finished whereas swedes are like they know how to market themselves you if you've ever been to an ikea i mean listen it's It's massive and it's blue and yellow. It's the Swedish colours. You know about it. It's got weird names on the furniture, which I might add are not all Swedish. They have a system for naming. And some of those names, I can't remember which it is, but some category will say that it's frames or something are all Finnish words. But you wouldn't know that because the Finns don't tell you that. (laughs) Oh, god. Yeah, so they have a system that I will say, for example, that like all... Bed furniture is Swedish words and then maybe all like kitchen f- kitchen supplies maybe are Norwegian words. So they're big for like there's there's a whole thing and like, I can't remember where I read it. But like there's different categories for like different words and different names. Um, but uh, I know at least uh, the sofa that we have is frihet, which is freedom. And that's Swedish. So I guess sofas are Swedish words. I don't know.
1: And before we wrap up, we're going to ask you your favourite and least favourite um, Swedish words.
2: Oh, wow. Um... I've, I should have known this is coming and I didn't
1: prepare. <laughs> um,
2: I think I like, I've talked about it before, Igerkott, which is uh, the word for hedgehog, which is little pine cone, um, yeah. yes. which is super cute. Um, I don't know if I have a least favourite Swedish word. Um, at the moment, I tend to like them all, but my vocabulary, vocabulary is a little bit uh, limited. So I'll get back to you on that one. But I guess, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a Swedish word that I don't like. So mm-hmm. far, What's I so- don't like the fact that that the, the common use for the word feminist or feminism is just feminist or feminism. Um, they, I did see something like kvinnorskvinnor, which is woman's woman for feminist, but that's apparently not used. <laughs> but I was like, that's way nicer, but it's a little bit mouthy. It's a little bit there's a, a lot in that. Yeah, there's um, a
0: lot to get your mouth around so, that one. Yeah, yeah, so I
2: feel mm-hmm. like feminist is easier to put in a hashtag. So
0: yeah, <laughs> that's probably why
2: they use that. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe the fact that they they. They do use a lot of Englishisms in there. Same with Irish. I mean, I'd prefer they just use their own language, but I guess they're not threatened as much.
1: Yes. Caroline, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Uh, please do go back and enjoy the um, the, the wonders of the uh, Finnish countryside. Uh, give a reindeer a hug from us. Um I will. enjoy Enjoy the saunas. Uh, <laughs> watch out for And Yep,
2: I will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love how much Finnish culture I brought onto to this show. But I, 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 I'm going to break everybody's heart, particularly Imer's, and tell you that most people in Finland do not live near where the reindeer live because most people in Finland don't live in the Arctic Circle region. So I've only seen a reindeer when I went to visit Santa Claus in or Yolobuki in Rovaniemi. Realistically, we don't eat reindeer in this part of Finland, nor do we see it. Moose, on the other hand, yes.
0: Very I much love so. how you just assumed that would break my heart. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, I know how married you are to the idea that like reindeer meat is common here. And when I brought reindeer meat home for you that you didn't eat, I know. I had to go to a specialist <laughs> store to get that because it's really hard to get it in this part of Finland.
0: I feel so bad. It's I was staying I in <laughs> Mammy and Daddy McAvoy's house in Port Leash. Well, in Timahoe, in Leash. It was in Leash. Next thing, Gareth was like, oh, we were having like smoked reindeer or something. And I was like, oh, my God, what's that like? I was like, bring some home. And then, of course, Mammy McAvoy was like stuffing us full of food for the, what was it, two days we were there like (laughs) and uh, completely forgot that there was reindeer in the fridge. I didn't get it. It's fine, I ate
2: it. I ate it. I wasn't upset, like I had it oh. all myself. I had it on a little roll with some like beetroot chutney, like it was unreal. It
0: was Ooh deadly. fab. So yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I didn't mm. care. But yeah, okay. I'm just saying that we don't we don't eat reindeer in this part of, of the Smoked salmon, yeah. Smoked moose, it's not that nice. Just moose meat, it's fine, it's Ew. okay. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: So apparently you can uh, you can eat reindeer and in leash instead. <laughs> yeah, you just
2: <laughs> yeah. have to get it smuggled in through security. No, you can't yeah. smuggle it. It's fine. It's <laughs> European <laughs> Union pro EU <laughs>
1: And on that note, and that note, thank Garajan, thank you very much for joining us today.
2: Thank you, Kitos Tak. Get, okay. Get
1: <laughs> it's a salon from me. It's
0: a salon from me.
2: And it's a Taliver from me, and also a salon.
1: <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please like, subscribe and review to Motherfucklore wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The podcast is now in its second season and comes out every Friday on the Headstuff Network.
1: Thanks to Brian for producing and Kirsten Scheele for doing the artwork.
0: You can catch us on Twitter, on Facebook or you can email motherfucklore at headstuff.org.
1: There are some other shows on the Headstuff Podcast Network which you might also enjoy. May I recommend Pints of Malt which is a show about Irish lads of Nigerian heritage and talking about their experiences.
0: If you're like me and you're a 90s baby, I would recommend Up To 90, where two gals talk about the 90s.
1: Join us next Friday for some more lore and fun.
0: <laughs> See you then.
1: Bye. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.
2: They were like, you looked very pissed off. I was like, I was, didn't know it was visual.